Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, what's going on, travelers? It's Ricky Ventures and Marlon Madden. And yes, we are back with you for another episode of the Success Journey Show. Marlon, what's good, bro? How you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> doing yeah, great. Doing well, yeah. man. Nah, Doing that's well. what's up, man. Yeah, um, man, a lot, a lot been going on, man. You are, you are a father of a champion. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, a, yeah. A, a new champion. Yes, sir. That boy went down there. Hey, there, there was a lot of lessons in that little time that we went down there. They didn't start off too well. Fought themselves out the losers bracket to win the game, the championship. So they did their thing. Rashad had a move that had the whole crowd ooing and on and. Now I see how people felt watching Michael Jordan live if he does one of his moves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I watch people running all over the place, screaming, doing all kinds of stuff, man. Oh, Pulling their head, doing everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, dude. That, that, that is awesome, dude. You know, it's funny. You know a lot. I know a lot of people over the years that have gone to the AAU tournaments and, and you know, nationals and everything. But I, this is the first time I ever heard someone won, you know, that oh, I've known. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least won the championship, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other people gone down. He's going to do well. But, you know, the first time I, I, I am, um, you know, in relation to a winner, you know, a real yes. a champion, yes, you yes, know, yes, of the yes. game. So, nope. yeah, you know, I feel like I was there, too, man. You know, I, had, I had a few <laughs> people that I knew that were down there that week. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to all those young players, athletes that were doing thing uh by the time you hear this is probably a few weeks out but uh definitely man they they yeah. they deserve it man they working hard yeah, we gotta get uh we gotta get an interview with the with the coaches just to see their mindset why they wanted oh, to oh yeah 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 you know, with the aau probably walk you know talk to some of the kids and stuff like that do a little different kind of setting um see see somebody from success we probably be one of one of those kids if they make it you know because they a lot of them are double sport football and daggone we have one he's a What's higher than a triathlete? This guy does the swimming, football, track, basketball. Like, dang, at 10 years old. Nah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, they, um, you know, it's it's crazy how sports are nowadays versus when we were, you know, kids. I mean, it was a lot more fun. It was a lot more just geared to fun or just trying out a sport versus actually training. You know what yeah. I mean? For a sport. Nowadays, that whole training component happens a lot earlier for the yes. athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I had Rashad out there today and you, you got to remember he's 10. You know what I'm saying? You're like, hey, jab step, um, fake, cross, cross, step into your shot. And that's, yeah. they, they're doing like grown men. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Boom, boom, boom. They, they're doing grown men. Thing. I'm like, I got to remember, oh, you're 10. You're 10. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> oh man, man, man. Now I love it though. Congratulations to him. All the hard work um is paying off. You know, long road to go, but hard work is paying off. And you know, see man, when we're not we're not on the show, we're telling you guys we're running the practice, coming on the show from practices and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's the dividends, you know, that that, that we're that we're we're getting from that. So yeah, we are Excited to be here another week with everyone, man. We we really, really are just appreciate you guys for showing up and uh, being our guest and just, uh, you know, just being 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 with us. You know, we, we are, you know, on this journey with you as you're going through your um, journey in, in life. Uh, and we don't know some people are, are career going after career. Some people are going to family, some people marriages, some people um with entrepreneurship, you know, starting their own businesses. There's all different types of walks of lives, lives that we touch through this show. And we just want to thank everyone for just working, uh, walking with us uh, as we're traveling. Uh, we are, we're continually moving and doing a lot of things on our end as well. And uh, yeah, I, we're so close uh, to uh, releasing some things. I'm really excited about this week's guests because they are, they travel the similar journey that of one of the ventures that we have. So you'll probably hear a lot of questions coming f f from my heart because I'm like, Hey, I'm just trying to learn, right. Learn 
how they did it, how they got to this point so I can duplicate it and do it as well. So yeah, guys, we're, um, Marley, you have anything else to share with them? Go ahead, man. Uh, they're, in the, they're in the waiting room or? Yep. They're in the waiting room. So I'm not going to run my mouth, man, because, um, yeah. next episode I'll say what we have to, what I have to say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. We're going to bring these guys in and, and we'll talk to you guys in a sec. You've been listening to the success mm-hmm. journey show. You can check us out on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Also on our website, thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, travelers, we are back. Um, I told you I I am extremely excited about this episode. um, And you guys will see why as we dive into uh, the stories of our guests today. But today we want to introduce to you Scott Brown and Tim Swindle. Thank you guys for joining us today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having us, Ricky and Marlon. Nice to meet you both. Oh, nice to meet you. It's an honor to have you guys on the show. Um, Man, you sent us a lot of information before the show, just showing what you're doing. Marlon and I got super excited um, just about not necessarily what you guys are embarking on, but just knowing that there's a, a huge story behind that and how you got to where you are right now. So why don't you just help set the stage for us um, with our travelers, all our, listening all around the world, just who you are, um, how you guys met, what you guys are doing right now, and let's just break it all down for them. Let's do it. So pull up a chair. Let's start back. I think I usually don't start back this far, but I'm going to today because I think it gives some context for my story, uh, which is fresh out of college. I joined a startup in Utah, and honestly, I was miserable. I hated that job so much, and I'm sorry to anyone listening that knew me then and was my employer, but man, I was miserable. <laughs> I mean, to paint a picture, there were big times I'd be driving to work, and I would hope when traffic suddenly stopped, I would hope someone would just nick the bottom of my, the back of my car so that I have an excuse to be late to work that day. It was that bad. And, you know, I just was like, all right, I can't keep doing this. I had a wife and I had a young daughter at that point. And I'm like, I don't dare to just leave this. Um, but I started to put my kind of put my feelers out. And thankfully, somebody took a chance on me. And it was a group in Chicago that was looking for young, scrappy entrepreneurs. And I thought I was one. I, hadn't, I had sort of started one business. I was with this startup, but they took a, they took a flyer on me. And uh, so I moved to Chicago from Utah. It was a big, huge change. Wife and daughter, very different place than Utah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and started up in this in this venture capital firm where they were hiring entrepreneurs and residents, and basically saying, "Come in, we'll give you some office space, and come up with good ideas, and maybe we'll give you some money to try it out." So we spent you know a few months tossing around ideas, and we hit on one that we were like, "All right, we think there's something here." And the idea was that we needed a, a, a space where people could go to work out their brains. You know, you go to a gym and it can work out your body. Well, what about your brain? It's a, it's a muscle in many ways. Well, can you, can you work that out just like your brain? And we started doing some research around this and we found out there's all this amazing product out there to help brains stay healthy. So we decided to open a brick and mortar retail location in downtown Chicago to try this out. And it was Maybe the worst time to be trying this out in the last 20 years. It was the fall of 2008. The recession was just about to hit. We didn't know this, of course. All we knew was that there was starting to be a downturn. And as a result, we got a location that we never would have been able to get otherwise. Uh, There was a mall in just off of Magnificent Mile that was desperate to fill a vacancy for Christmas. So they gave us this location. And so I'd say like one lesson there is... Sometimes you can find opportunities in really bad, in really bad kind of <laughs> bad, bad environments. And so we lucked out there. Um, we opened this store. It was just filled with stuff to work out your brain. A, mo- a bunch of it was toys and games. Some of it was computer software. It was things like pedometers, but a lot of toys and games. Open these doors, and suddenly we had a flood of customers. I mean, oh, wow. we were in a really heavily trafficked area, and so people just would walk by. They'd come in. And it was like, all right, we're looking at each other like we've maybe got something here. And so we opened more stores and more stores and we kept getting funding. And over the course of 10 years, we opened 40 stores across the U.S. So it grew to be really big. We had 350 employees at at Christmas time. It was a big, real deal. And so still based there in Chicago, we were kind of what we were doing is looking for 
early stage game ideas that we could bring in and in many ways incubate. So we were trying to be the very first to carry things and we'd have everything open for demonstration so people could try it before they bought it. So that's a good place to pause my story and then let Tim, Tim tell a bit of his. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, hey, big act to follow. Let's see what you got. Yeah, I know. Jeez. <laughs> I just he only started the store. I just came off the pickleball so <laughs> 350 employees. Only a small thing. But Tim's got a good story. Since since he brought it back to farther back than he normally goes, I'm going to one-up him, and I'm going to go back even farther. Back to his mother's <laughs> womb. Yeah, right? <laughs> I popped out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sparkle in his dad's airplane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, I had always had the uh, the entrepreneurial itch, entrepreneurial itch. My my dad was an entrepreneur. Um, starting back when I was like 13 years old, I uh, started this like little go- golf mentorship or teaching business. If you've ever seen my golf swing, I'm in no position to be offering <laughs> golf lessons to anyone. <laughs> but yet here I am uh, at 13 years years old. Uh, I'd set up little business cards and flyers at the local clubhouse, this little dog track nine hole course that we live near. And uh, it just, I don't know. I think from that point on, I just like love this idea of being my own boss. Mm. So fast forward, go to college, graduate. I'm just doing this like corporate desk job, hating life. I'm in like commercial real estate. I'm turning 30 and I just felt like, you know, I, I didn't have a family at the time or anything like that. It was like, I'm single. I'm going to take my shot. Now's the time. I'm going to take it now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I invested a little bit of money with a couple of guys that I went to college with that had started a software company and uh, they were just getting going. And I was like, I had that, like, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Fuck it. I was like, I, I, I had my fuck it moment. And um, I was like, I'm jumping on board with you guys and let's see where we, this thing goes. So that was a, a you know software company. We you know raised a bunch of capital, uh, VC backed, fast growing, cash burning, very stressful. Um, yeah. You know, about five years about five year, years into that, um, I had this just kind of like fun, uh, creative idea for a board game. Um, knew mm. nothing about board games. Just kind of like, I don't know, like playing this one called Cards Against Humanity. Some of you folks have probably played that game. And I read an article in Inc. Magazine about how Cards Against Humanity came to life. And it was like a bunch of kids out of high school, basically, that had launched this thing and it became this massive success. Wow. So there was a game that my buddies and I played up at like lake houses when we were bored drinking beers at like, you know, on the weekends, we just kind of need to keep, keep ourselves busy. We had this game that we played and I was like, I think I could take that game and turn it into a real product that we could sell to people. Yeah. And so anyway, I did that. I launched it. Um, and through a mutual connection, got hooked up with Scott. And so this is kind of where it comes full circle is like, I just launched this board game, don't really know what I'm doing. And it was introduced to Scott who had launched his company, Marvel's a Brain Store, had all these retailers. And he fortunately, you know, pick, picked it up and brought it into his stores and uh, it ended up selling pretty well for him. And we then quickly got brought into Target and Walmart and some of the bigger players. And uh, but that's that's kind of how we met was um, our, our game worlds combined. And uh, we ended up, you know, becoming really good friends and, you know, and also business associates. And uh, I'd always talked about wanting to do something on our own. Mm, I, I feel like it. I need to tell one one more little anecdote Uh-oh. of when I felt like I I connected with Tim. Um, and that is, so, I don't even know what I was going to say when I'm scared. Do you know? You know. <laughs> so for every product we sold in our stores, we would film a product video and we would show it on our website and we'd have video, video screens in our stores. And we love to have the inventors of games be in these videos. So we brought Tim and his uh, partner in to our, our studio to record this. And a, a little bit of context is their, their game was a bit naughty. It was a little adult. And so we thought it would be funny to like business on top, a little naughty on the bottom. So they did their whole pitch sitting down with a table blocking them. And at the end, almost, I think we pretended like, pretended like the cameras were off or something, but they stood up to walk away and they didn't have any pants on. They were just in their, in their undies. Um, and I was like, all right, like this guy, like I think we're going to click. That's, that's a weird way to feel like I click with someone, but 
Nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I, I clicked with this. Yeah, yeah. And, Tim, and Tim looked like the clean cut. Yeah, um, yeah, right. Business guy, so you don't, you don't see it coming. <laughs> No, yeah, he's not, he's not wearing any pants right now. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. Oh, man. No. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I love what I'm hearing so far, man. Just that, that desire to be in that entrepreneurial space, right? And that desire to, I wouldn't even say entrepreneurial space, because when you guys was thinking about the time frame, it wasn't really necessarily called entrepreneur, right? It was more so, hey, I was be my, like you said, be my own boss, you know, create something, build something. Um, And just the whole idea of, I don't know, talk to us about, I'm I'm trying to frame this the right way, because there's a lot of people in the space that want to just take off and build something, take off and, you know, I want to sit in a room for a a week and, or, and try to come up with something like Scott did and, you know, turn it into all these different stores. And, you know, I want to do something like Tim and, you know, come up with a board game. I play games. I could do it, you know, and it, and it's, it's just, it's an art to it. Right. Talk about the art of that process and that person you, you, I want to say that person you have to be because just that person you got to embody in order to kind of go and like stay on that path and go be diligent and have that dream and that drive as you're going through that journey. Yeah. I, I honestly don't feel like I'm a natural entrepreneur. Um, I feel like I really need to give a lot of credit to the co-founder of, of the business that I was in. Uh, her name was Lindsay and she just, knew how to get things moving. And so one of the things that I really learned from her was I, I'm an idea guy and I can come up with a thousand and one ideas, but I never quite can get moving with them. So it's just mm. like, ah, it's really comfortable for me to spend the next day coming up with more ideas and more ideas and just then think about it. And, and you know, I, I never quite can pick something and move forward with it. And Lindsay was just like, now let's pick one. It may not be perfect, but we got to get moving. And I think that's just a great lesson for me that I've learned is, is one, pick something and get moving and then kind of alter it along the way. You can make changes as you go. And yeah. then I guess the other big lesson was just find good partners. So mm-hmm. be very aware of your shortcomings and find people that match up with you nicely. And yeah. I would say that that's one big reason why I'm partners with Tim here is that I, we're both idea guys. It's not that Tim is not an idea guy. But Tim is very much uh, keep things moving along. Tim's yeah. the guy that makes sure we have three times weekly calls um, where I would be like, now, nah, like, let's check in every month or so. That'd be fun. <laughs> like, Tim's like, no, like calls keep us accountable. On task. We okay. yep. check in. We have yeah. to tell what we've done and it just keeps things moving along. So I'd say like, it's a big deal to find people that are good um, matches with you and can yeah. help you with what, what, where you fall short. Oh, I love it. I love it. What yourself tim anything to add to that you know if if the question was related to like how do you kind of get the idea um you know one thing once you once you do get into this entrepreneurial space i guess it becomes a little not easier but you start to realize there's like a radar that you have and and if there's one advice i could give it's like look for things that tick you off <laughs> or that you're like, why is that done like that? You know, mm. why is there not a better, like there should be a better way. You know, if you start like asking yourself that, if you're using a product or something like that, or you're dealing with your kid and they're like, I don't know, you're like, there should be something better about this situation. Yeah. You know, you start to kind of recognize those, those moments where like, all right, that, that there's a pain there. And if yeah. you can solve for somebody's pain, you can make money off that. Correct. And so that's just like start to tune in a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. when like you're feeling those like painful moments and think like, man, if somebody fixed this and created something around that, some sort of opportunity, like there could be, you know, a way to make some money, maybe. Yeah. You know, you know, and that's a that's a hundred percent true statement. But then we go back to what Scott said. There's a lot of people that, that 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 have that um that pain pain um pain point at you're right there you have okay, some pain yeah yeah, yeah. But i'm yeah. having a pain point right you have now a point at pain? my camera <laughs> 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 my camera wanted to update on me all of a sudden 
Sometimes oh, on Zoom, I like to pretend like I freeze and yeah. just how long it takes people to ask. <laughs> I almost cussed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of times you have the, the, the pain point. They have the idea, but tomorrow morning they don't act on it. Yeah. Mm. So it's a great idea. Once it, like Ricky and I had this idea for a fully, fully automatic um, way to uh, 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 sell cheers or, or for, for events. But we hadn't moved on it because we have to have somebody to kind of put that together and move it for us. So a lot of times people have the idea, but they, that partnership or knowing yourself, I'm in the military and, and, and what we say is know yourself and seek self-improvement. So knowing yourself, that's one of the leadership traits, that knowing yourself and seeking self-improvement, self-improvement might be, hey, I need to partner with a Tim because Tim will help me with the idea, but he will make sure it's on task. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the exact same thing for Ricky and I. Now, I want to ask this. So you, um, um, Scott, I don't know, you didn't go back as far as Tim. You know, Tim went back and said that his father was entrepreneurial and he had some kind of entrepreneurial spirit there. With you, did you have somebody in your life that was entrepreneurial? And how did, why did you just say, you know, I know you hated your job and wanted to crash your car and go <laughs> collect life insurance. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, uh, but uh, uh, how, how, how did you think, think to yourself, like, hey, I want to, I want to be entrepreneurial. Just to think that I don't want to work for nobody. Or you just said, hey, this is probably a good idea. I probably would say a couple things. One is I have a, a close friend who was from really the day we met, always had some business idea that he was running, some scheme, mm. some something or other. It was like in sixth grade, he would run home and set up a snack shack where the kids would walk past on the way home. And he would sell, you know, a hundred dollars worth of candy to these kids on the way home from school. You're just scrappy like that. And, you know, I'm just like, like I said, I don't know if I'm a natural entrepreneur, but I like watch that. I'm like, I love that. And then this might sound like a bit of a dig and I don't mean it that way, but my dad, my dad always had a million ideas, but he never quite did any of them. And, you know, one of the things I've learned kind of being in the space I'm in and in the toy and game space is that everyone has ideas everywhere I go. When I tell people what I do for a living someone says, oh, I have a game idea, or I have these 10 things that I've always wanted to do. And I'm always like, well, why, why haven't you? I, mean, I don't mean it in a mean way, but just oh, tell me, why didn't you do it? Or are you going to do it? And people always just say the same thing. It's all, I just never got around to it, or it seemed too hard, or I was distracted by something else. And it really does. The hardest part, I think, of being an entrepreneur is moving from that zero stage of an idea to one of doing something about it. And so I watched that as a kid growing up, you know, my dad, cause he did have good ideas. He's a creative soul, just like I am. They just never quite did it. And I think I just resolved in myself that I wanted to do something with my ideas. I've been blessed with these ideas. I want to do something with them. And on top of that, I am a little anti-authoritarian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those two marry nicely. It's like, I just don't love to be told what to do. And yeah. so it's nice to be my own boss. Oh, and man. I want to ask Tim on the other side. Now you have that entrepreneur spirit from young, right? But now you're going into the path of what everybody says. Hey, Tim, you got to go to college. Tim, in order to be successful, you have to go to college, get a job, try to get that nine to five, get your 401k and retire when you're 65. <laughs> and how did you feel? I know you said that you were going through those. Um, you, you felt miserable at that corporate job, but going through the process how did your how did your spirit feel? Because there's a lot of people that I'm not saying school is not necessary, but while they're going through it, they're not thinking about, OK, I need to use this as a stepping stone to get to that entrepreneurial. Thing. Mm-hmm. What was the spirit? Well, how did you feel going through every day you're waking up six o'clock in the morning going to class? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as far as you know, school, it wasn't really that school is never an option for me. I mean, that was something that I think was just a prerequisite on my parents behalf and Unless I wanted to get cut out of the will, I don't think I was going to skip out on school. Um, But, you know, school ends at 22 and there was eight years there before I did anything, you know, about kind of following my, you know, my dream, so to speak. And, um, you know, so as far as like add anything more to that, it was just, um, you know, one, one thing I'll say is that 
in terms of like the board game, you know, we had the the one software company that was it was it was up and running. I didn't leave that to go start the, the other business. Like it was a side hustle, mm-hmm. nights and weekends project. Yeah, so like, yeah. You don't need to leave, you know, because you have responsibilities, you have bills to pay, right? So right. you might have a family, I asked, you know. So I think you can maintain working if you want it bad enough, you know, to keep your job, keep what you're doing, but then instead of you know, jerking around on Instagram all night or doing whatever. Work on your, work yeah. on your, you know, work on your little side hustle. Yeah. And yeah. so I did that for, you know, a year before it actually, you know, was launched and, and ended up getting pick, picked up. And, you know, so it just, that'd be my recommendation is like, you don't need to quit full stop everything you're doing. You can dip, you know, dip your toe in the water and get moving on something while you're also working a full-time job. Oh man, that man, we can go so many directions with just that response right there. Um be, yeah, it and all our listeners, the traveler, that statement right there, I'm gonna in the notes, I'm gonna put uh, all the like the conversations we've had about that kind of that type of transition, right? Because that's one of the biggest uh, myths. Uh, I'll see you guys. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> My God. Yeah, you know, we got that transition right. Right there, people like, oh, I got to stop my job, or I can't do it because of this, or I can't, you know, I have, I don't have time, and you you know, hustle exactly. And people don't realize that. People ask us, you know, we're, I mean, we do this podcast. We're on the East Coast, so right now it's eight thirty, nine o'clock, you know, on our, on our, on our time, and it's like, dude, like, wait a minute, we both work, we both work full time jobs, high demand jobs at that. We both have a lot of things going on collectively outside of that, and thing. And we're up at nine, 10 o'clock doing podcasts. People are like, what are you doing, man? Don't you need, when do you rest? I'm like, I actually feel like I'm resting right now. Right? This is, this is good. This is fun. You know? Um, but you know, just having that, that what we call that grind and that desire to really fulfill your dream, you know, and having that drive connected to it. So I, I, I want to kind of move towards, you know, present day and what you guys are working on now. Like how was that birth where are you in the process um and kind of where are you kind of looking to go to towards over the next you know few months yeah so i'll bring you up to present day from kind of when we met up uh tim had a nice successful exit with his game so he sold that ultimately got into the target stores and then ultimately sold his game off to a big private equity back toy and game manufacturer named play monster <laughs> so that was nice was yeah, nice with tim huge uh, <laughs> I heard the love in your voice. I heard the love a little bit, you know. <laughs> no, all good. I'm very, very happy for Tim. Um, and so like, that was exciting. And then I, I was able to have a, a sort of exit. You know, my ride was very bumpy, up and down. And we don't need to spend all the time talking about that. But ultimately, did have an exit with that business. It was it was uh, purchased by a big Canadian toy and game manufacturer. And so I actually ended up going and working there for three years, which was really good for me um, to kind of go from this small, scrappy specialty retailer um, to a big, huge, even a fourth biggest in the world twin. Wow. And to see wow. both ends of the spectrum and see how it works. Um, you know, I was a specialty toy and game store, so I get that world very well. But then to get the perspective of what it's like to only think about really two players in the entire world or in, in the entire U.S., Target and Walmart, everything we make there was just for those two players. And so yeah. you get a whole different perspective of what they're looking for and what the mass market consumer is looking for. So very good, just kind of training ground. But ultimately, I got the itch to kind of get back out there and do it again. And so yeah. after three years there, I just started feeling the itch again. I'm like, you know what? Let's do this again. Tim, Let's do it. And we we just, you just sold. You got money. Let's go. <laughs> Tim had kind of like every once in a while we we'd meet up for dinner or like nice. see each other at a show, and he'd say, you know, at some point, at some point, we should do something. I was like, yes, but man, these guys are this is really good for me. Like, let me just stay here for a little bit. And so yeah. that's what we did. We just kind of waited it out. Let, let me get the experience. Um, honestly, it gave me a chance to catch my breath from being that kind of entrepreneur. 40 stores and all those employees, it, like it wiped me, it, it wiped me right out. Yeah. Um, I imagine. And I got to a point, I, as I said, I'm a creative soul. 
I, I was spending about 5% of my day, if that being creative and 95% putting out On administrative. Oh, yeah. Man. And so oh. to just give it, me a chance to kind of catch my breath was great. Mm-hmm. And so we reconnected and just said, so let's do something together. What do we want to do together? And uh, so, you know, I think this is a good chance to hand it off to Tim because Tim, Tim tells this story well, kind of like what, what, how we started to look for ideas. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Scott in particular, me to a little bit of a lesser degree, get, gets hit up all the time by people <laughs> with their, with their dumb ideas. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say that. There, there's, there's good ones in there. Um, and, and so, you know, so we see a lot of stuff, Scott really in particular sees a lot of stuff. Um, and a lot of times it's just like, that's cute. You know, like, here's some advice, like good luck pursuing it. Um, and, and there was one that came towards, came across his desk where he, he called me and he's like, Hey, I think this is really interesting. And he, you know, when Scott says that, just knowing how many ideas he, he sees, sees, yeah, it was like, okay, like you've got my attention. Um, and it's basically the, the backstory here real quickly is, uh, there's this gentleman named Joe, Joe uh, is, lives in Utah, has seven kids, six boys, and um, he, 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 he loves playing games with his kids, like everybody. And uh, his kids were all into spike ball back in the day, spike ball, big outdoor backyard game, um, very athletic requirements. And Joe's a little bit older and kind of couldn't keep up with his kids. And they've, they've kind of outgrown the game as well. And so they've moved on to pickleball. Pickleball is now the fastest growing sport in America. I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing it everywhere, right? It's just exploding. Part of that is like courts are always full. You know, you got to go find a court. And so that was kind of a problem for his family was that the courts were a half hour away. They're always booked, blah, blah, blah. So Joe's an engineer by trade, a structural engineer. And so Joe comes up with this idea to combine pickleball with spike ball. And mm. he had this idea that he just, you know, kind of put together being an engineer again, just molded some plastic pieces together. I don't even know how he did it. Cause I, I'm not an engineer, but he did it. <laughs> and um, they played it and they had been good time and he didn't really know how to take it to market. He wanted to do this, but uh, he got put in touch with Scott through kind of the Utah connection out there. And um, that's what Scott saw. And that's where, you know, he called me and was like, Hey, I think there's something here. Scott played it. I flew out to, to Utah and uh, you know, I was like, yeah, we played it together, brought it to, brought it to pickleball parks other people played it and it was just like, this is fun as hell. Like we gotta, we gotta do something here. Oh, I love Tim's, it. Tim's, Tim's kind of brushing over some of that, but I think there's some fun, juicy details in that. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, all good. <laughs> <laughs> all good. So I think, you know, one of them is that, uh, you know, Tim trusts me in many ways, but I think it's good for you to like, had me pause for just a beat and was like, let me fly out there and let's just like, let me see it too. And that was good. It was like a good moment for us to just spend some time, like played it here in my backyard, 20 feet from where I'm right now. And like one-on-one had a good time. Like, all right, like that one, feels good. One. <laughs> I actually don't remember. We probably should have recorded this for posterity. Tim one, Tim one. <laughs> So, you know, I think this is where a great, I think a great lesson for entrepreneurs is so, okay, we both had tried it. We both loved it. And, you know, like, of course, Joe, the inventor is telling us that he's been playing it for two years at family parties and everyone loves it. And I'm like, all right, this is the classic inventor story. <laughs> Every inventor that ever pitches me an idea, they always start by my friends and family love this game. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course they do. So my challenge to us actually was let's get outside of our little sphere and take this out and see if people really like this. Um, but, but the twist is that we can't present it as if we were the inventors or we have anything sort of riding on whether or not you like it. So we took it to the local pickleball courts and put it out. It was like instantaneous, like flies to honey. Like guys out on the court, girls out on the court, stopping what they were doing, like stopping mid game, coming over to the fence and looking, asking us what it was. They were like, all right, like there's something just visually interesting about this thing. So people are coming over and we're like, I'm gonna give it a try. And the way we were presenting it was, hey, like we've been sent this game. We've been asked to figure out if this is good or not. We need your help. Like, we don't know if this is good or not. Tell us if this is good or not. And what it then does is people just give honest feedback. 
I think yeah. people would have said, yep. hey, this is something we've got yep. investing in. We really like it. Tell us yep. what you think. And people were like, yeah, we like it too. Like you just, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Customer and discovery, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you just pause for a second and then you just tell a little fib. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's like what I always tell the game inventors is take it to a group of, of people that, that it, they can know you. That's fine. But just don't let them know that you made the game. Yes. Always present it as, hey, a buddy sent me this game and we need to test this out, figure out if this is any fun or not. And then you get some real feedback. Yeah. So that's what we did. You know, I put my, this is what I'm always telling inventors, why I put it to work. And uh, we got yeah. great feedback, kind of independent of, of us being emotionally attached to it. And yeah. that was really validating. We were able to say, okay, this feels real. It's still a pretty small sample size, but it feels real enough that this is worth pursuing even further. And then it yeah. took it to kind of like the, all right, what are we going to do with this thing? And how are we going to bring this to market? And it's like, you know, go back to what we talked about. Everyone has an idea. Well, Joe had this idea. Joe had been sitting on this idea for two years. And honestly, more than likely, it probably would have just sat there in his garage for years and years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was just fortuitous that he kind of met up with us. <clears throat> and we're guys that know how to take ideas and make them a reality. And so it was just a nice, it's like you spread out your, what do you call it, Tim? You're like square footage of luck or something <laughs> like that. You got to increase your surface area of luck. Yeah, oh, area. there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think both of us were doing that. Like just put your feelers out, let people know what you do and you'll be amazed at how many people come to you with stuff. And then you just start mm. kind of looking at all the stuff and you find things that are worth pursuing. So that's kind of what got us to the point where we decided we were going to pursue it. Man. So, Rick, I know what you want to go to, to market because a lot of people have the idea, but where they have the, <clears throat> that pain point that you talk about, Tim, is bringing it to market because mm -hmm. there's so many different ways or there's really, you guys should tell us the best way. What's the, what's the steps that, they, that, that you use to bring it to, to market? Yeah, so I mean, I'll speak specifically to the, the toying game space because there's a couple of different ways you can go about it, yep. and I think some of this will apply to <laughs> other industries. So I think it'll still be valuable. But you know, yeah. let's say you do have ideas, um, but you don't necessarily want to go through like the, the cost, and you don't have the chops or whatever it is to to do it yourself to bring it to market. You can try licensing your idea. So it's a it's a big thing within the toy and game space, and I know it exists in other worlds as well, where you'd find people that do whatever product you do, and you get a meeting with them, and you pitch it to them, and then you get a royalty. And that's great because then you just sit back and collect checks. <clears throat> that's what Joe has with us. So that's our deal with Joe, is that he okay. invented the game, and based on sales of the game, he's going to collect a royalty check. So that's a great that's a great way to live, and it's very low risk. Um, mm. uh, you know, okay. And then, the, the other is like you become the publisher, the manufacturer, et cetera. So that's what Scott and I like to do. So there's a lot more risk because we're manufacturing a product. We're bringing the inventory. Yeah. You know, we've got a overhead costs, yeah. advertising costs, all those things of, you know, really building <laughs> the business. Um, th that, that's one where I would say, uh, you know, it, you just gotta you gotta dive in. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's not like a playbook that you can necessarily. There's no book that's gonna like give you the right way to, to do things. Like, I'm a big fan of like learning by fire. Mm -hmm. Just jump in, you know. And this yeah. kind of all ties back to like, you know, I, we get meeting with a lot of entrepreneurs that always have these ideas, and it's like all they want to do is talk about their ideas, and I'll give them you know, direction. It's basically get to work. And then six months later, we meet again. Still talking about the same and thing. Still talking about their same idea, you yeah. know? And, and so I guess that's maybe the theme of this conversation is like, you got to jump in and get going. It's started. Jump in. That's yeah. the title of this one. Yeah. 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 You got to jump, jump in. That's yeah, it. Write it down, in. Rick. I know. Yep. <laughs> Did Tim just make the show notes again? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he might drop, then he made the show notes. Man, Tim, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> we were going to cut you out. Yeah, right. yeah, you just guys think. just edit me out of the podcast. <laughs> put a, put a, a, a black square over your uh, face. <laughs> Your cube there, but listen, guys. Um, man, I don't even have enough time to really dive into just all the the questions I have with this, because for all of our listeners.
listeners, they know we're in the midst of a similar process. Um, and we'll, we'll talk at a later time with that. But, you know, what I'm hearing is, and as Tim said, you know, you got to jump in where a lot of times you may not have it figured out, right? You, you may not know what the best thing is when you're starting, right? And, and even as much of you guys has, as you guys have gone through this process, um, I'm going to go on a limb and say this. There are still elements of it that you discover as you're going through new processes, new products, um, finding that new market. You know, there's some things that, you know, there are tried and true strategies. But even with those tried and true, uh, true strategies, there's still those. OK, let's let's put this out here. Like, I don't know if everyone heard this, but you guys said you put yourself in a situation where the inventor uh, licensed the product to you guys. They're getting a royalty on it. Royalties only come if you guys take this to the market, to actually make sales all right, of this product. Right. So your commitment to him is really you guys taking this on your back and saying, hey, we're going to take this risk as 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 um, as was said, as Scott said, we're going to take this risk and we're going to take this thing, produce, manufacture all the things that, you know, takes a lot of capital takes a lot of brain power takes a lot of strategy to go with it um how do you guys feel you know even though you've gone through this process over and over again how do you guys feel uh at this point in your in your life based off of your experiences just going through that journey you know every time or even even this time or is it hey we're just relying on each other or the excitement of just going through the process or you know we're going to figure it out you know some areas that we don't know we're going to apply the things that we learned in the past put some color around that for our travelers as they're listening to your journey here I mean, I feel scared is <laughs> like the, um, is the true answer. I think that never goes away for me is mm-hmm. there's just always some, some fear there. It's probably good. Um, yeah. There's yeah. this metaphor that I've been told that is, uh, you know, dogs, dogs in the wild have pointy ears. Um, you know, they, it's because they're always trying to be aware of mm-hmm. the world around them. And yeah. when dogs get domesticated, their ears get floppy. And mm-hmm. stop being aware of the world around them. And uh, I think sometimes if you take risk off the table, your ears get a little floppy. And so mm-hmm. I like that I feel scared a lot of the time. I think it keeps my ears pointy. It keeps me looking out for, you know, things to be uh, uh, worried about around me. So I think that's good. Advice to entrepreneurs, you know, is while I would encourage people to be willing to kind of jump in and take risk, I think it's a calculated risk. And I think it's prudent to to come out with product that is not wildly expensive to produce if you're going to self-publish. So Tim mm-hmm. described the two routes. If you have an idea that's going to require $100,000 worth of upfront costs before you even know if a customer is going to part with their money for it, I would strongly encourage you to, to license that product to a company that can, that can afford that risk. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can already afford that risk. If so, great. But I can't. And so in that case, I just say, you know what, too expensive for me. I'm going to let someone else take that one. But, you know, a good example with Tim's game is Tim produced a card game. It was all paper based. There was no plastic, which means no tooling, which means Mm, very little upfront cost and very low minimum order quantities. So Tim was able to buy a couple of hundred units, put it out in front of people and find out whether or not they really wanted it before Mm. he spent a, a whole ton of money to make it. And I think that's what you could do. Uh, you know, lucky, luckily in the twin game space, that's what you can do a lot is just do these little minimum effective product to get it out in the market and find out. Yeah. And, and so, you know, with, with his, it's just like, get it out there, see what happens. Tim and I are in a different spot. Now we've now made lots of products. I've made 150 products. I just have enough experience now that I feel confident in putting a little bit more risk on the line. And so the, mm-hmm. the product we're making right now, Paddle Smash, it's an expensive product to make. You know, it requires a lot of upfront money. We're yeah. spending all of that before we have any idea if a consumer will part with money. There are ways where you can test it a little early. Kickstarter would be one where you can like put the yep. idea out, find out if people like it. Yeah, I don't always trust Kickstarter. Kickstarter has a very niche group that uses it. And so if you're trying to create a product for 20 to 30 year old dudes, 
great. Use Kickstarter because Kickstarter is going to be a great test of, of that marketplace. Mm. If you're trying to create a product for moms, like moms don't use Kickstarter. No, so it's a really no, tough Pinterest. place to go to, to find out if it's good. So I think in some cases, if you have the experience and you have enough cash to feel comfortable about doing it, I'd say like sometimes it makes sense to be the manufacturer like Tim and I are. So that's that was a long way to say. No, yeah, like no, it, no. It kind of varies depending on, on the position you're in. I love it. I love hey, it. Hey, you're in the show notes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking until I get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I really appreciate that, man. It, it's a um oh man, I, I'm gonna be uh man, you guys okay before I, I have so many questions, right? I'm trying to say how much do I put in the podcast, how much do I leave out, right? Uh so what I want to get to though, I, I definitely don't want to miss this right here, uh opportunity here. So uh paddle smash, uh let's talk to the consumers as to where they can learn more about it. Um, where they can uh, purchase it, um, whatever fitness routine they need to get in before they play it, you know, right? Uh, talk, talk a little bit about that. Uh, so this we're talking uh, early August. Um, the, the units are currently, so we've been basically in like design, engineering, manufacturing, you know, building the marketing, uh, building up the marketing plan, et cetera, for the past year. So we're talking mm-hmm. now, like right almost to the culmination of this thing being live. So mm-hmm. um, Scott and I actually just received like our first versions that they shipped just to yeah. us. So we could, you know, see it for the first time. So it's a pretty cool moment that we're living in right now to like have all of this, you know, that you've been working on for a year and mostly on paper or on the screen to actually be be here in person. Um, so they're arriving in about a month. So, you know, early September is when we think we'll be live. You know, we're starting out just on paddlesmash.com is where we'll be selling them, just a, you know, e-commerce Shopify site and mm-hmm. as well as Amazon. So just to, to get started, that's where, uh, that's where you can find them. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. No, that's good. And then one, one other question I want to ask you guys, um, you guys are giving so many great nuggets as we've, We've gone through the show and really appreciate just the, the history present and where you are right now um, to yourselves. Right. And I, and this is the first time I think I'm going to do this with two guests on here as we, we go back in history in time on each of you in your lives. Um, if you can go back to a point in your life where, hey, you know, and you decide what point that is. Right. But you had 60 seconds to pull yourself aside and say, Hey, let me share knowing what you know. Now, let me have a conversation with you, Scott. Maybe it's when you, you know, you were wishing that you were getting hit, yeah, hit by a car, you know, <laughs> and maybe it's when you turn 30 and you're like, let me get ready to go and do this thing. Like, yes, 60 seconds. What would you say to yourself in that moment? I buy Bitcoin. Would be one. <laughs> I mean, it'd be hard not to give myself some, some advice like that, but no, No. I mean, honestly, when I reflect back, I'm really proud of the journey I've been on. So I wouldn't say like, do a lot of things differently. I would just Mm -hmm. say, don't be afraid because it's going to be okay. Um, you know, I think like just, just pursue things that are really interesting and exciting to you. That may sound cliche, but man, I just was not excited about the thing I was doing fresh out of college. And mm-hmm. I was working, I was working 40 hours exactly every week. I mean, not a minute more, no way. Um, and it felt like, it felt like a hundred hours. Yeah, um, yeah. Honestly, it's like Tim asked me to help him with a logo today. I love graphic design more than anything. I'm like, I lose myself when I'm yeah, spend hours like, yeah. track of time. I'm in my flow. And so, you know, it's just like, that is maybe, maybe cliche, but real, which is find things that get you in your flow. And you just will have a lot of happiness. Um, Hopefully success too. I mean, success isn't just monetary. So I'd say happiness for me is success. Um, So yeah, that's for me is just finding things that I just enjoy doing. And I really look forward to every single day working on what I work on. Love it. Yes, sir. Love it. And Tim, what about yourself? So... I'm Don't stand up with your pants down. <laughs> 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 um, 
you know, I would say I'm like, I'm pretty insecure about my own intelligence. Um, mm. so there's a lot of self-doubt about my ability to do things because I just don't think I'm that smart. And and so I would say, trust yourself. Like you're not as stupid as you think you are. Um, mm. and, and so looking back at, you know, I made the leap when I was, call it 30. I had been thinking about that leap for five or six years. And it's like, I wish I would have gotten started earlier. You know, mm-hmm. um, I learned a lot in those five or six years, you know, and I learned a lot about what I didn't want to do, which I think helped motivate, motivate <laughs> me. So I mean, at the same time, like I don't regret anything, but I think just like, I think I, I have what it takes. And so I wish, you know, it, just trust yourself and, and get started. That'd be my Man, Isn't it crazy when, when you think that you don't know the information and then you get into a room and then the questions start coming and then, you know, you're just in the room, you weren't there for the questions and then you start answering and then everybody goes and then you become the focal point and then you leave thinking like, man, I do know. Right. Yeah, I do know something. <laughs> but just because I think sometimes because you're modest or you're, 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 the humility that you have, you're not, you're always saying to yourself, well, I'm not the smartest guy. And Rightly so. I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room, right. but you want to be able to be on par um, with people in that room. So I like, I like that answer too. I definitely yeah, like that answer. I love it. Well, listen guys, man, we were at time and we really enjoyed just having a conversation with you today. Thank you for sharing with our listeners. Um, you, you heard it from, you. yeah, we, we heard, you heard it from, um, each of our guests here from Scott and Tim one, Hey, even though I've had this experience, I'm still, there's still a factor of where I'm a little, I'm nervous. Right. Um, you also heard that, yeah, you just got to jump in. So if there's a, a, a traveler that's listening right now, that has had something burning on their hearts to do their minds, whatever it is, and it, and it doesn't have to be, in a, doesn't necessarily have to be inventing anything, right? That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, is there something that's in front of you that you just have, you've been dreaming about, right? Just jump in, like embrace the risk and embrace the the fear, um, plan for the risk, you know, all those different things that you can do, but don't stay stagnant where you are. Um, We want to thank you guys so much again for joining us today, being our guest, phenomenal guest. Had a great time with you. Well, I remember you said something about uh, a challenge, but I can't remember exactly what we were talking about with it. But no, we have to buy the game and we have to challenge it, play it, and send it to to Tim oh. Scott. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about something else. When we were I win, about before yeah. only <laughs> when I win the video. When I win, <laughs> love it. No, no, I love it, love it. Hey guys, man, we're coming to the end of another show. We thank you guys for joining us on the Success Journey Show. Check us out at info at successjourneyshow.com. And if you have any inquiries, any comments, any thoughts, any guests that you want us to uh, interview on this show, please reach out to us. We'll see you guys soon. Everyone have a good one. We'll see you next week, the same time, same place on the Success Journey Show. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination. 